It's time to get chiseled with Rob Hamadari. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to Chiseled. So this is our actual first episode that we're going to go through in our Chiseled series. And I got my sidekick here with Mike Gandolfo, who helped out with the inaugural podcast. Mike, thanks for being uh, here. How's man. it going? Show producer, I guess, is uh, another way we could do this. I don't know. Show I don't producer. Know what, I don't know what the actual title is. Tech and specialist. Not, yeah, I don't know what, this, what the paycheck is either. That's actually the 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 next question. Like, what's the paycheck, right? So, you well, know. this isn't a, a for profit podcast yet, Mike. <laughs> Does that keep on adding zeros to that back into that number, Rob? That's it. With a, de- so. with a decimal point in front of it. That's right. <laughs> So everybody, look, thanks again for being here. This is, again, a special thing for me because I've been thinking about this for a while. And last uh, last uh, podcast, we talked about the, what the overview of this is going to look like. And so this first episode to me, for me, is going to be wrapped around the idea of awareness. And I really believe awareness is the essential piece. It's the foundational piece to everything that we do or everything that happens in our lives. And with, without awareness of something, how can you go forward with anything? You have to be aware of what's going on in you, around you, through you, or, or in business, in life, in family. You have to be aware. Once you have an awareness, I, I have this little equation. I call it my way to love. And it, it's awareness is the first piece. It's the first essential piece where I have to become aware of something. Then I have to take the time to understand what's going on. So like I, I have this, I meet this guy, Mike Gandolfo, a new friend of mine, and I become aware of who Mike is. When I first meet him, I either like them or don't like them. I can make that first impression choice of what is it. And if I don't take the time to understand who Mike is, then I can't go forward because that's not fair to him or myself. It's like, okay, become aware who Mike is, understand him, and then choose to accept or not to accept who Mike Gandolfo is. And when you choose not to accept, you're making a decision to accept that you're not accepting, if that makes any sense at all. I think it makes total sense, but I mean, it also, I mean, before you can understand who Mike Gandolfo is, you need to understand who Rob is first, right? I mean, so is, Mike, I'm so glad you said that. Keep going, keep going. Yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, Rob's got to, I mean, and so many times we want to deny that aspect and we don't really want to dig into who we are and what really makes us tick. So I'll let, I'll let you go off because I know you got a whole bunch of notes on that. Yeah, so so I'll take a step back because Mike is, he's dead on and they hit the nail on the head right there because. I got to understand myself. I got to become aware of myself, understand myself and accept myself first. But so what happens is I, I got to learn who I am along the way. Who is Rob Commodore? Okay. Become aware. What makes me tick? Why do I think this way? Why does this affect me? And, and as I become aware of myself and start to understand who I am, then I can choose to accept who I am. And only then can I love myself. So it's called the way to love. And it's like, once I learn how to do that, then I can turn the table and do it to the other person. So as I was saying before, hey, I, I become aware of Mike Gandolfo. I understand him. I accept him. And then I can love him. And then when there's love coming both ways, now love, the four-letter words, not a dirty word. You know, as, as we learn to, to love each other in that way, in that formula, if you will, there's no judgment. And then judgment, just is out, it's out the door. And without judgment, then there is love. So that would think, go ahead, Mike, you were going to say something? Oh, okay. Um, you picked up the mic. I thought you were going to say something. No, I'm good. I'm just trying not to sneeze. So I'm just making sure that I, uh, I'm i muted when I sneeze because I know it's going to happen here pretty soon. So All good. No, no one wants to hear that on, on the air live. So No, we don't want that. So the, the first thing I, I that really, I guess, resonated with me, and, and Mike, you know the story, and a lot of the listeners, if they've read the book, may know the story, but um, 
I, I, I tell this story that be, was a big moment of awareness for me when I was 34 years old. That I was 34 years old. Baseball was my passion. I thought I was going to play professional baseball. I wanted to anyway, but having that fundamental problem, my dad being five foot two or my mom being five two, my dad five foot three, it was going to be pretty tough to get there. But I was taller than both of them, but I just had this passion and I had this drive to play baseball. And at 34 years old, I had never played a game of catch with my dad. And Cal Ripken Sr., Cal Ripken's dad, had died. And Cal Ripken was the famous shortstop for the Baltimore Orioles uh, in the 80s and 90s. And up into the 2000s. But anyway, he was his dad had passed away. And all over the radio sports talk shows, Cal, uh, they were talking about Cal and the relationship he had with his dad. And it got me to thinking that, man, I never had that like deep relationship with my dad. I mean, I'm one of seven kids. My dad was working three jobs. So it wasn't a lot of time to spend with each other. And I'm like, man, me loving baseball. I just love, love, love to play a game and catch my dad. That's all I wanted to, wanted to do. And because growing up, my dad, he's old school Italian. I never heard the words, I love you or I accept you, son. So I never heard those words. Now, common sense tell you, tells you your dad loves you. Your dad accepts you. Common sense tells you that's logic. But sometimes you need to hear it. And I'm a words of affirmation guy. So I wasn't hearing it. So I wasn't really feeling it. And so I thought for my birthday in that summer uh, in 2001, when Cal Ripken Sr. passed, I was like, man, what I would love to do right now is just find that first baseball glove my dad ever gave me as a hand-me-down, by the way, when I was five years old. Find that glove and ask my dad for a game of catch for Christmas. That first game of catch ever it would mean the world for me. Now, it was selfish. I'm giving my dad a gift of a glove, but I wanted a game of catch. So I, we went five months, and I couldn't find that glove anywhere, Mike. Couldn't find it anywhere. And I was getting disheartened, and I was asking God, I'm like, God, this is such a good idea. Why won't you let me find this glove so I could play a game of catch with my dad? And here we are five days before Christmas. I'm in my dad's house, and he had just previously had a hernia surgery, so he couldn't lift anything up. And so I was spending some time with him and my mom. My mom. And as I was about to leave, my dad says, before you go, I need you to go down the basement and get this box out of closet. I got to get this box out. There's something I got to get out of it, but it's too heavy for me to lift. And I need you to get it out. I'm like, sure, no problem, dad. We'll do that. And I know everybody's thinking right now, Mike, that, that glove's got to be under the box. I mean, by in the box. And uh, so we're, and it wasn't, by the way. Anyway, so my, uh, my so I, I, we finished our conversation. I go down the basement. It's, it's one of those townhomes, row homes, as we called it, that had the closet underneath the steps. So sure enough, I, I go down the basement, open the door, and, and this box, this cardboard box, like it was like just as wide as the doorway. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta act like a forklift here. I gotta bend down, put my arms out, get around the box, lift it up, back up, and, and turn around like this. So I did just that. And as I stooped down, picked up the box, I took a step back, and as I turned, I looked down, and the glove was under the box. And in, a, in, a, in that flash of a second, just emotion started overwhelming me. And I'm like, Dad, I got to get out of here. Uh, I can't stay any longer. Like, you got what you need. I'll put the box back. He goes, what's going on? I'm like, Dad, I got to get out of here. I said, can I take the glove? And he goes, of course you can. It's yours. I said, Dad, remember we lived in a life of hand-me-downs, and I gave it to my sister. even had her name on it. So I took the glove home, and I got in front of my uh, laptop, my computer, and I started writing my dad a poem. And I wrote him a poem about playing catch, and we'll share that poem with you here in a minute. And what happened was I, I take, I write the poem. I take a baseball, the, ba the baseball glove. I get a ball, put it inside a box and put the poem on top and wrap it up. And then, and then five days later, we go to my brother's house for Christmas Eve. And, you know, this big Italian family, seven kids, you know, spouses and nephews and nieces. We had like 30, 34, 32, 34 people in that house. And it's a couple minutes before we're, we're supposed to start exchanging gifts. 
my dad's sitting at a table by himself and my, my wife and I are standing behind him and I got this box in my hand and we're about to do it. And I set the box in front of my dad and, and you know, give him the gift. And so he, he unties the ribbon, opens up the box and he takes out this poem and he starts reading it. And within seconds, he's got tears coming down his cheeks. I never really seen my dad cry before like that. And uh, I might get emotional as I'm talking about this here too, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, Anyway, so he looks at me and he goes, we'll play catch when the weather gets warmer. And I said, Dad, I'm 34 years old. I never played a game of catch with you. Tomorrow's Christmas Day. I'm coming over 10 o'clock. You got your glove. I'll bring my glove. We're going to play a game of catch. And he goes, all right, all right, all right, Rob. All right, we'll do it, right? You just had hernia surgery, Rob. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true, but he can throw a ball. <laughs> and I, and I, that's a good point. I never thought of that in a moment, Mike. I didn't. But uh, so – Anyway, so we, we the next day we played a game of catch, and what I didn't realize in the moment until it was brought to my to brought to light later that what was going on in that game of catch. And what I want to do real quick, like I'm going to read this poem to everybody, and I'm going to explain what happened, and then we're going to talk about how this awareness piece comes into being chiseled. And so the title of the poem was "Some Catch," and it goes like this: Hey, Dad, it's Christmas time again, and families all around the world are getting ready to share their Christmas joys. As usual, moms and dads get a list together from their little girls and boys. Some lists include such things as cars and trucks, while others include things like Barbie dolls and makeup. Boys will ask for video games and sports things, while girls may ask for dresses, clothes, and angels with little wings. You've been a dad now for 36 plus years and worked for 45 years as well. You had the opportunity to raise seven children, which is priceless, but I'm sure it caused all kinds of hell. I could not imagine how hard it must have been with all that weight upon your shoulders, but I think I'm beginning to understand now that I'm much older. Dad, we're all older now. Most of us have moved away. Now it's time for you to have some fun because we all know you've earned your pay. If I could ask for one thing for Christmas, Dad, it would be no, not a house, not a car, not even a watch. All I want to do, Dad, is play some catch. From the heart, Rob, December, 2000, December 25th, 2001. So, it's an emotional thing for me. And, and what came to light out of that was this. I, I'm a guy that I, I got my foot on the gas and I'm going 90 miles an hour, but I'm not going anywhere because I got my other foot on the brake. And the foot on the brake is the fact that in that moment, Rob didn't realize how much he was loved and how much he was accepted by his dad. But the metaphor for the game to catch is this. As I'm throwing the ball to my dad, He's catching it, or for another, uh, another word, you can say he was accepting it. So as I threw the ball to my dad, I heard him say, I accept you, son, as he's catching it. And as he threw the ball back to me, I heard the words, I love you, son. He never said it in that moment, but I heard him. And I felt him in my heart. And what that allowed me to do once I like fully embraced that, and grasp what was going on. What that allowed me to do was take that other foot off the brake and then only have to go 45 miles an hour and let me live the life that I was supposed to live, knowing I was lovable, knowing I was accepted. And that in that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is is becoming aware of things you weren't aware of. Even though, logically speaking, it makes sense that you should have known that or should have felt that, but it just wasn't. And that was this, that was like one of the pieces of my life, becoming aware of that, that set my, the trajectory of my life in, in, a, in a direction where I just felt like 
God was just chiseling away at me, chiseling away that marble of unacceptance of not being lovable, chiseling away a little bit of that piece, those pieces of marble away. And it started again, that trajectory of Rob becoming more of who he's supposed to be and live in the life he's supposed to be in an accepting and lovable fashion. So, you know, this, this podcast about being chiseled is all about, I should say all about the primary or the essential pieces about the awareness of who we are. And there's so many more examples, Mike, and so many more stories I could share with you. And we'll get to them over time. But uh, I thought it was important that I share that story first because we all have something holding us back. And the fact that I didn't think I was accepted or lovable at that time or loved was holding me back from becoming who, who I'm supposed to be. And I, and I think that everyone has a story in their life of something that might be holding them back. So to that, I say, you know, we got to keep becoming more aware of things in our lives. And again, whether it's meditation and stuff like that, like I said, I'll talk more about it in the future, but that allows us to be, be accepting awareness as part of the essential piece allows us to be chiseled into who we're supposed to be. Great stuff, Rob. And uh, just so our listeners kind of know, we've got some really great episodes coming up with two guys that had continued to chisel away at you and uh, you helped them chisel away at themselves as well. And uh, I think they both will, show in their episodes just some extraordinary awareness um and it's it's very worthwhile conversations so make sure that you're tuning in uh you're subscribing to the podcast wherever you get your wherever you get this podcast and uh you're gonna hear just two really inspiring guys uh well three if you count if you count rob so uh, and, <laughs> i appreciate and you that, this guy but it'll be good so um and enjoy the conversations rob i guess we'll see him next time and until next time, Mike, let's go get chiseled. You just got chiseled with Rob Comodari. Be sure to like this podcast, share it with your friends, and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Also, you can find Rob's book on Amazon, Better Than Equal.